Welcome to Hawk Talk, a podcast brought to you by St. Dominic High School Bayhawk Media Production. Hello and welcome to Hawk Talk. I'm Matt O'Connor alongside my co-host, Andrew Nadler, Michael Burzo, Jaden View, and Cole Cruz. And today we have a very, very special guest, Daryl Bognite from CBS Sports, associate producer. We're so fortunate to have you here with us today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. We are in media studies, so this is just such a great opportunity to learn uh, what goes on in your world and what you do. And we'll take a deeper dive into that as we get into the podcast today. So I just want to start off and and just ask you, it's obviously not easy to get to the point where you are today. Yeah. Being an associate producer at CBS, it's a pretty pristine position. Right. So, But how quite competitive is the business? How many people are on the outside looking in? A lot. A lot. I was... Uh... I was one of those people for a while. Um, you know, I started, I was lucky enough, I started as an intern at CBS News four years ago, uh, and, and almost four years ago in January of 2019. And fortunately enough, I was able to work hard during that internship. It was my senior year of college. Um, and they offered me a position, a, a freelance position to come and just work on some of their their many shows at CBS while mm-hmm. I was while I was there, um, and back then I was on the news side, so I was right. I was doing like mainly hard news things. But they would come to me for a lot of their sports stories, and I mean I knew I said it a few minutes ago in, in the class, but I knew when I was like six or seven years old I wanted to be in sports media. So um, last year. Actually, almost around this time is when I started at CBS Sports as an associate producer. I found the job, and I had been applying and applying and applying to different jobs in in C, at CBS and elsewhere, sports jobs, and came around, came across this one, and found it. and And they offered me the position. I interviewed, and I think I went through three or four rounds of interviews. And uh, to your point, it was it was competitive. There were a lot of people who wanted this position. They, that's what they told me when I interviewed, and fortunately enough, they they chose me, and um, you know here we are, one year right. later. It also just kind of springs forward to me too. Uh, what inspired you to do this? You said since you were five, six years old, yeah. that uh, this was your dream. You knew that this is the path that you wanted to go down. Uh, mm-hmm. Why so? You know, I grew up in D.C., so I was born in Maryland, grew up in D.C., and uh, you know it's it's a big sports city and so i you know right. i used to always watch the local teams mm-hmm. and the big national teams too right um you got your core four in DC. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah we, we we got about eight here in new york so uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know it, just seeing the sports and the players and the coaches and seeing you know what what they were doing every day and every night on the court on the field on the ice whatever it was um you know, that's evident to the audience, but their stories are what really make them more than athletes and make them human-like. And those the people who tell those stories are, in my opinion, just as important as the ones who are playing. Right. So, I mean, when I was five, six, seven years old, I remember watching ESPN News with, uh, or, or just ESPN in general with Stuart Scott. And he was, right. he was my, yeah. he's still my all-time favorite journalist broadcast journalist because of his 
his style and his his the way he wrote, the way he spoke, the way he told stories. Um, and when I was young, I said, you know, I want to be like that guy. Right. And I saw how inspirational he was for me. And I said, you know, whatever I have to do to get to where he is, that's what I'm going to do. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it was there was a lot of hard work involved. There was, uh, you know, studying, of course, but then interning and developing content and making connections. And, um, you know, it, it's still a journey, one that I'm still on to this day. But, you know, we're, we're here and we're making we're making strides. Yeah. Yeah, so working for CBS Sports, I know you guys cover Army West Point football, mm -hmm. and I know you guys are going to start covering the Big Ten next year, and you guys cover the SEC. With all this, where is, like, the coolest place you've ever had to, like, do something for CBS Sports? Um, I have two. The, the first one was the first trip that I took with CBS Sports, and that was this past March. I went to the Final Four. Oh, that's in nice. New Orleans. Mm. Um, that, was, that was awesome because it was the first – Final Four football stadium, right? Yeah, it was at the Superdome. Yeah. Superdome yeah. And it was the first Final Four back from the pandemic where fans were there. So the streets were packed with fans and people in the stands. Um, and I was there, I guess, just about a week. You know, I saw all the games and worked all the games. We had, we had shows and we, uh, we, had, we had stuff, fans, fan interaction and, and things with, people in basketball and players we got we interviewed um oscar Sheebway from kentucky who was mm -hmm. named player of the year he came onto our set and, and we we interviewed him uh, that was cool that that was that was definitely number one um and then afterwards was when i went down to dc for titans commanders last month or i think october um because i grew up in dc i grew up watching that team i grew up rooting for them through all the the bad years, most of them were bad years. Um, but but to go back home and to to drive through the city I grew up in and to, to see the stadium um, and to see all the fans and see <laughs> to see the team lose, it was like yeah, this is like my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> back to go to back to the bad old days, yeah. yeah. So those those two were. Well, I can be very empathetic of that as a Jets fan. A Jets fan. But uh, yeah. both our teams are turning it around right now, yeah. competing for the postseason. So yeah. that's special. You do a podcast about DMV football, right? Yeah. Yeah. Has there been someone you've seen that's been like, wow, he's going to make it or wow, he's going to? It's funny. We I had this conversation with someone last night. It was um, so I, I went to Gonzaga High School in D.C., um, five, four, five, five blocks from the Capitol building. And that area is known for its athletics. Um, so I wasn't there when he was there, but uh, because I graduated high school in 2015. But um, Caleb Williams, quarterback at USC, went to my high school and graduated in 2020. So when I, you know, I, I went to St. John's here, and when I would go back home during the summers or you know parts of the fall, I would watch him practice and I would watch him work out. And I would say to my co-host, Chad Ricardo, on the podcast, we would look at each other and say, you know, he's he, he's special. You know, he's going to be in the NFL one day. You could you could just tell that he had the pedigree. Yeah. yeah, he had the it factor. Yeah. Um, so you just you just knew um, he would he would make it someday. And he's again, he, he's been working at this. And Chad can tell anybody better than I can. He's been working at this since he was in middle school. 
and even in middle school, people looked at him and said, yeah, he's going to be a star. Just from the way he trained, the way he worked, mm-hmm. what his parents instilled in him, uh, you knew he was going to be good. Yeah, do you cover any high school sports down south at all? or? Yeah, so we've we've expanded our show and our podcast. We've done we you know we we have the the DMV high school football and basketball tree, but branches of that extend to the south. So um, Chad, my co-host, he'll go down and he'll cover camps in Florida and um, Texas, um, you know, and, and and that those areas. Um, and a lot of people from the DMV go and play college sports in, in the South, obviously. Yeah, I'm from Texas, and I went to, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Den Geyer High School. I went, Maybe I've heard of it. I went there. Jackson Arnold goes there. Okay. Peyton Bowen goes there. Uh, Peyton Bowen was just, I think he was 10th mm-hmm. rated best on the Rivals New on Top rivals. 10. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just wondering if you knew anything. Yeah, no, we definitely, I'm trying to think. Uh, it was a quarterback, Preston Stone. Uh, he was in Texas. I forgot which school he went to, but there were there were definitely guys that we that we thought were so big um, that we that we had we didn't have them on our show, but we talked about them a lot. Yeah. So um, you seem to wear a lot of hats over at CBS Sports. I mean, podcasting, writing editing, interviewing, so much that you do. So what is your main role at CBS? Or if you don't have one, uh, what do you love doing most? Mm-hmm. Well, my main role, I, I break it into two things, whether it depends on if I'm in the office or at home since I'm hybrid um, or I'm in the studio. So when I'm in the office, my main job is to <clears throat> to gather information on teams and players for games that I'm assigned to. Um, so, for instance, this weekend I was assigned to the Chiefs and Broncos game. I believe those are the two teams playing. And so it, it was my job to get a, a game packet ready for the broadcast crew. That includes news, like the top news items, uh, the top notes, the top injuries um, for each team, and then put that into a document along with like interesting player notes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the little fun facts that you hear the right. broadcasters yeah. saying on the broadcast, that's my part of my okay. responsibility. Yeah. That's, that's um, very, sorry. Uh, that's no, very right. interesting because you know what, sometimes I'm watching a game with my family and mm-hmm. the broadcasters will include all these little nuggets about players and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they uh, didn't speak English. So they ordered pizza every day for <laughs> when they yeah. came to America, all these different things. And you're like, how do they know that? How yeah. do they have that information? So yeah. it's cool to see that you are behind the scenes providing that. Yeah. We uncover a lot of that. Um, and then we, once we get all that, we send it out to the crew. Um, and then part of our job is to also prepare scripts, prepare um, graphics for broadcast and for air so that, you know, if there's, a lot of what we do is 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 handle the off-field news items. So Deshaun Watson, uh, Odell Beckham, his injury, mm-hmm. um, you know, if there are any controversies, if there are injuries or arrests or anything bad, mm-hmm. we prepare all that stuff to get delivered out to the broadcasters and the crews and the producers in the field so that it's it's it gets so that it's communicated effectively with the audience. That's part one of my job. Second part is if I'm in studio, for instance, I'll be in studio tonight for college basketball. 
Um, I'm in the control room with a headset and I can talk to our anchor and analysts in the in the in the studio or the remote crews who are at the games out in the field. Um, I think we have Villanova on our air tonight. So it's the Villanova game and I can talk to the, the guys who are broadcasting that game live from Philadelphia from New York through just simple communication in the headset. And I'm updating them on injuries. I'm updating them on news items. If a coach is fired, if a player gets hurt, um, players transferring, uh, they can have that information immediately. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's fun. It's a lot, but it's fun. Yeah, like building off what you just said, like the transferring all this stuff, the news, you got to get that to them. Mm-hmm. Like college football, the transfer portal is going crazy right now. Like Deion Sanders just taking the job at Colorado. Like I feel like a lot of guys are going to transfer there because what he did to Jackson State, like he rebuilt that program. And like also building off what you said earlier it, in the classroom, you were talking about wet Army, Navy in Philadelphia this year. Um, so have you ever been up to West Point to like call the games? Yeah, I was in West Point in uh, mid-October. I was there for, for Army versus Louisiana Monroe. Um, and that was fun. That was my first time there. And it was, uh, there were a lot of fans. It was family weekend, so the stadium was packed. And just to see how everything comes together and being at a military school and, and seeing how it's a different brand of football than regular college games, D1 games, um, it, was a, it was such a pleasure to see and experience. And um, I would definitely go back. Hopefully, I can get back up there for some basketball yeah. games. Because I've been up to West Point a couple of times. The views there are stunning. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful it's stadium. Beautiful. Like what you said, they play a different style of football. They run the wing T offense yeah. to like near perfection. And like it's just a different experience up there because one, those players are once they graduate, if they don't get drafted, they're going straight to do five years of active duty no matter what. And like what you said, the, the great atmosphere, like all the cadets, like they go crazy during the games. It's like you would never expect that from anybody. Yeah, definitely. No, it was fun. I, I love being up there. Like I said, hopefully I get to go again. Who would you say is your favorite like college football player to watch, like of all time, like right now? Of, of all time, I would say Reggie Bush. Um, right now, um, I'm a fan of Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan. Mm. He uh, he's he's just he's fast. He's He's small, but he's strong. He's powerful. He can he can run the ball. Obviously, he can catch out of the backfield. He's he's so multi-dimensional. And I think I think he's my favorite right now. Well, you put a big grin on this guy's face. He's one of the biggest Michigan fans oh, I know. Really? I'm a big huge Michigan fan. football fan. It's like- actually kind of rubbed <laughs> off on me because he's talking about it. I'm not the biggest college fan. I'm a huge NFL fan. Like, yeah, fanatic. So it's kind of rubbed off on me, and I've gotten into it. But from what I saw. Michigan was able to hold down the fort without uh, Blake Corum. They still yeah. won that game. I, I, I love J.J. McCarthy. He seems like a- Yeah, like building off what Matt just said, like, yeah, Blake Corum goes down with an injury against – like he goes down with injury, but they don't let that affect them. Right. Donovan Edwards steps up in a big way, like against Ohio State, two big rushes to seal the game. Yeah. And then the Big Ten Championship, he goes crazy during the second half. Seals the game for Michigan. Now they're playing TCU mm-hmm. December 31st for a trip to the college football playoff. And so, yeah, I know you cover college football. So who do you think is going to be the national championship matchup? 
I think it'll be Georgia, Michigan. A rematch. Uh, I think it'll be a rematch. I think, I do think Georgia's going to win, but I do think Michigan, as good as I thought they were last year, I think they are better this year. And I think they were able to prove that when they beat Ohio State pretty easily, you know, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, kind of pulled away there in yeah, the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I, I do think I think it'll be Georgia, Michigan, with, with Georgia being a winner in a, in a closer game. Yeah, agreed. Like Georgia consensus number one team. They've dominated everyone they've played this year. Mm-hmm. Michigan dominated almost every game except one, where they squeaked it out. But yeah, like, I think Georgia's going to win. But I think it's going to be a lot closer this year because, as you said, Michigan is a is a lot better this year than they were last year. And all the speculation, like, oh, they're not going to be as good. They lost Hutchinson. They lost Ojabo. Right. But, like, their defense stepped up in a huge way. They have, like, the number one defense mm-hmm. in, like, college football this year. Mm-hmm. And, like, their offense, I think it just got better. Like, with J.J. McCarthy, yeah. guys balling right now. Yeah. Would, you, yeah. would you give the Buckeyes a chance at still getting in? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a chance with Ohio State. I mean, they're, they're in the playoff for a reason, and they're – they have the record they have for a reason, but I, I just think, like we previously said, Georgia is, is by far the best. Yeah, they're the juggernaut on, on, they on really both ends. Coaching. Coaching, uh, player personnel, offense, defense, special teams. I, I do think it'll – I think that game could be close too, but I, I think Georgia wins that and wins the national title. Yeah, well, we're in for an exciting finish in the college football world, that's for sure. How does your job differ from when you're on site compared to when you're in the studio? Uh, a little bit because when I'm in the studio, I'm I'm specifically focused on the games we have on our air. Um, I'm specifically focused on the teams and the players there. Uh, whereas at home, I'm more I'm in preparation mode. I'm preparing for games over the weekend or games next week. Um, I'm. I'm writing a lot i'm typing a lot of documents i'm writing scripts um and i do i do still write scripts in the studio but i'm more focused and in the moment in the studio because i'm looking out for injuries i'm looking out for players that announce they're transferring on twitter players who uh you know have some sort of controversy with their coach and want to leave the program or who are suspended or whatever the case may be so that's that's like the main difference plus i have a direct line of communication with everybody in studio that's your podcast Mm -hmm. um that's yours like you own like everything like you made it yourself right yeah so it was uh it was me and my my co-host chad ricardo um and chad is a a sports contributor and broadcaster for um the local fox affiliate in dc and he's a longtime sports broadcaster yeah who is someone that like you would try to get on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Who who's uh, somebody that, uh, that that you want to get on that podcast that, that could, you think could get a lot of viewership? Like there? anybody, like a um, big name. There are so many, and we we've, we've tried to get a lot of people because we're we're so Chad is so well connected and I'm so well connected in certain spots in certain areas. I would. I would love to get Chase Young on there um, because he's a he's a Maryland guy. He's a he's on the local he's on the Commanders. He's a local guy. Chad does know he knows Chase a little bit. Um, Chase actually invited Chad to his draft party in 2020, oh, wow. I think. 
um, or his graduation party. Was a Pretty exclusive party right yeah. there. <laughs> Whatever it was. Um, but I think I think Chase Young would be cool um, just because he can offer more than just football and sports talk. Right. There's, there's a lot he could, he could offer, I think. Yeah. Were so some he, of the people you've had on already? Um, so in the clip in the classroom, we had Kelsey Nicole Nelson, who is a broadcaster um, from D.C. She covers Georgetown basketball, um, Maryland basketball, the Commanders, the Nationals. We've had Stephen Turner, who's the head coach at my high school, the head basketball coach, Gonzaga High School. Uh, they're a perennial top 25 program in the country year in, year out. One of the best high school mm -hmm. programs in America. Uh, who else have we had? We've had... Um, Marcus Higgins, who is a former receiver and current coach at the University of Virginia. We have had um, Rick Doc Walker, who used to be tight end for, for Washington back in the 80s, early 90s. We've had him on. We've had Jesse Washington from ESPN and the Undefeated. He wrote, uh, well, he, he co-wrote John Thompson's book, John Thompson being the former coach at Georgetown. He co-wrote his book. Um, he was probably our favorite guest so far because he was just amazing with everything he offered. Um, we've had a lot more, and we 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 have we've released a limited amount of episodes, but we have more in the archive that we're planning on releasing soon. Um, those were those were some of our favorites, but I think Jesse was our our favorite. So you've already had like a very successful career, obviously. Right. But what are you like hoping? For the future of your career, like what are you planning on? Getting? Yeah, yeah. My my dream has always been to be on air. Um, in a small capacity, I am now with the podcast because we put it. It's not only audio; it's video. We put it online. Um, and I've done stuff in high school. I've done stuff in college, um, and I've always wanted to host my own show, my own sports show. Um, not necessarily like the Darrell Balknight show or anything, but, <laughs> but, you know, coming back, having, being the, the host and the anchor of a post-game, mm. pre-game, halftime show, being a, a studio anchor. A James Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would love to do what James does or, you know, in, really in any capacity, football, mm. professional, mm. college, more so professional, uh, basketball, baseball, yeah, whatever, whatever. And that actually will extrapolate. My final question to you is that the CBS family is so large, yeah. so many special figures. I, you know, I rattled off a couple to you in the classroom yeah. that I am uh, so inspired by. And uh, they're a great role model to me, somebody that wants to go into the broadcasting world. So what, who is, um, who's your favorite person to work with? Who brings a smile to your face when you walk into that studio? Um, James Brown is one. Because he he just has such a a presence. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's a one of the nicest people you can meet, um, and he'll just he'll talk to you about sports. He'll talk to you about life. He'll talk to you about um, you know he's he's I think he has a a bit of an ownership stake in the Washington. Nationals, I was just gonna so, say that to you yeah. because you know as somebody that was born and raised in Washington yourself, that yeah. must be. Pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he has a stake in the Nationals. He he's all over. So James Brown is one. Um, Brent Stover, who is the uh, he's the the host of Inside College Basketball Most Nights that we're in 
um, inside college football for, for our studio shows on Saturdays, some nights. He's great. You know, he's he likes to just have fun on set and, and not when he's not on set too. Um, he's a country singer. He's a big Kansas State fan. So everything you ask him, he's going to somehow bring it back to Kansas State. Um, so it, it's those those are two that I really enjoy being with. But I mean, the the whole cast and the whole crew, the audio guys, the camera guys, the um, the the announcers who are on the road or in studio, they're all just so great and, and fun to work with. Yeah. Like you working at CBS is also my final question. Like you working at CBS, there's been a lot of great broadcasters all of all time, great athletes. If you could do a show with any person, any athlete, any broadcaster, dead or alive, who would it be? Better not be a Fox person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me Joe Buck. <laughs> who I actually like, but that's another conversation. Um, you said you said like a broadcaster. Or broadcaster, an athlete. athlete, dead or alive. You could do your show with them. Who would it be? I would love to have a roundtable discussion. Myself. Stuart Scott, Ahmad Rashad, and Michael Jordan. Hmm. Um, because Ahmad and Michael were friends, Stuart had a way of storytelling, and I think I could be like the middleman in, in that. Yeah, the mediator. Yeah. Like a, you would not run out of conversation at that dinner table. Right, yeah, right. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. That is so cool. And Stuart Scott, just such an inspiring story, not mm -hmm. only in his broadcasting journey, but his battle with cancer. And yeah. he is no longer with us, but man, did he fight. He did. He, he did. did. Incredible book, too. He wrote an incredible I got book. It. I got to read that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. So with the NFL Raiders season, you know, coming to an end soon, um, who do you expect to be in the Super Bowl? And who do you expect to be in the Super before the season, I'll tell you who I said before the season and who I have now. So preseason, I said, um, uh -oh. <laughs> you know, it's been such an unpredictable year. No, nobody it saw the Jets at like seven and five. Jets, nobody saw the Giants. Giants. Nobody. What a turnaround! It's a league of parity. So. It is, which is good. Which is good. That's what they. That's what makes it so great. Yeah. At any given Sunday, you never know what's going to happen. But no, go ahead. No, 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 you're, you're going to the Super Bowl. Hey, you know the Cowboys right. are running down every Sunday. Let's no, go. No, they're yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is um, our year. It gets eliminated in the wild card. <laughs> All right. um, preseason, I said Buffalo and San Francisco. Okay. That was my okay. preseason pick. Um, right now, I'm – San Fran's out of that equation. I think so with Jimmy G out. Yeah. I'm going uh I'm going Philly and Kansas City. Mm. I'm going Philly, Kansas City. I think I think Josh Allen is missing Brian Dable's presence a good amount. And he's still doing well. He's still possibly a top five or six MVP candidate, but he's not the second half of the season hasn't been as friendly as him, to him as the first half has been. Um, so that's why I think, even though I, I do trust Buffalo's defense a lot, um, I think Josh Allen, and I hope he proves me wrong because they were my preseason pick, I think he might struggle a little bit down the stretch without Dable. So that's why I'm going mm, Kansas City yeah. and Philly. I mean, those are, uh, those are good quality picks. Yeah. I mean, not exactly going out on a limb like I am. I'll go, hmm. 
Let me go. Let me go. Jets, Eagles. Actually, I'll, I'll stick with the really? Eagles. My Jets are going all the way this year. Do, this is not the same old Jets. Do, well, they're not. Do you um? Have you seen the the, the predictions the guy made the preseason predictions? The coin toss. The coin flip guy. guy. That was that was incredible. Yeah, that was uncanny. So, I, I mean, you're going a step further. You have in the Super Bowl. He had I do. Losing in the AFC Championship. He did. That coin was generous, but I'll be more generous. I think that this is the year. Listen. Look at the Bengals last year. They took the great leap forward. Joe Burrow developing sophomore season. They went all the way. Who expected them to beat the Chiefs on the road? That was some game. I mean, the Bills could have been there if that if that overtime, whatever. So, so are you? Are you do you think are they going to go to the Super Bowl with Mike White or with Mike Zach White's Wilson? the guy? Mike White Mike gives White, us I the agree. best chance to win right now, and Zach. There is nothing that Zach Wilson could do right now to control his destiny. Mike White's the guy. He is QB1. So whatever, if Zach comes back in, if he crumbles, falls apart, then, yeah, you put Zach in the last couple of games because you want to develop your quarterback for the future. But right now, Mike White dictates the Jets' offense. He is the guy. And uh, if he keeps winning, you keep rolling him out there. I, I feel the same about the commanders and Taylor Heineke. Exactly. And keeping right. him in as opposed to – even though, even though Heineke yeah. is limited in a lot of things he does right. or cannot do on the field, mm -hmm. I think he's giving us the best shot right now right. to win. And it's such a similar scenario with Mike White. Yeah. He doesn't have the flash that Zach Wilson does. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't escape the pocket the same way, yeah. not as agilic, but he takes care of the football. He doesn't turn it over. Yeah. He doesn't he, he doesn't crumble under pressure. Right. He he throws, he takes the check downs and he's getting the job done. I know we just lost to Minnesota, but he threw for over three hundred yards. Yeah. And um he gives you a better chance. Yeah. Right yeah, now, like building off what Matt said, when you said um I don't think like I think the Jets are gonna be a wild card team, but they're gonna run into a very good team. Mm -hmm. Like they're probably gonna run it into Miami with like, you beat them, but they didn't have Tua playing. I think with Tua, the Dolphins stomp, stomp all over the Jets. Like, Miami's – Miami's <laughs> offense – Tell me it's going to be a close my, game. <laughs> Miami's, Miami's offense, when they're on, they're virtually unstoppable. Tua's looking really good. Tyreek Hill, huge signing. Jalen Waddell, like, two of the fastest guys in the NFL. Well, I, I think stomp isn't the right word. I think it'll be a closer yeah. game. Like that Jets defense is pretty good. Sauce Gardner, rookie, yeah. playing out yeah. of his mind, locking up receivers every week. And some other guys have gone well, under the course. radar that are playing just as well as are performing at an astonishing level. So, yeah, I mean, there's no disputing oh, yeah. the Dolphins have a great offense. They have so many weapons, but I think we can contain them. Yeah, and, but uh, like, I think the thing with the Jets is there's also a lack of like, experience, of playoff experience. That's true. Like yeah. Sala came over from San Francisco, 49ers defensive coordinator. I think the Niners have a sick defense, but their offense is hurt. So I was going to have him go to the Super Bowl, not anymore. So I think my prediction is um Cincinnati and Philadelphia. I like that. Philadelphia is playing out of their mind. They're going into New York this week. They can never win a MetLife, so I'm taking the Giants this week. Uh -huh. But I think Philly, like they've just been so dominant all year. I think they'll yeah. make it, yeah. but Cincinnati, like – like what you said about them, like Joe Burrow stepping up and taking the right steps. Like Joe Burrow is that guy in Cincinnati. Like he has the team around him. They're, I think they're one of the best well-rounded teams in football. And they're gaining momentum. Of course. And like momentum, like of they, course. Just beat, yeah. they just beat Kansas City again. Yeah. So yeah, They're it's like, feeling high and mighty right now, especially the way 
you look at uh, the way that uh, their coach, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out on Zach his name. Taylor. Zach Taylor, the way he speaks to that locker room post game with the game balls, mm-hmm. you've seen that lately. He, uh, they're on a roll, and you're, you're right. And they, they have that playoff experience now. They've already been successful, so there, there's no doubt they believe they can do it again. And I think uh, the whole country does too. Too. Sure. Do not count them out. And everybody want to make a quick Super Bowl prediction? Why not? It's Giants, baby. <laughs> if that happened. I think that would be one of the greatest Super Bowls that of happened, all time. They ought to move the game to MetLife. Just say, okay, wherever it is this year, Arizona, I think. I don't, even, I don't even know where it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it but, is Arizona. Arizona, Arizona okay, you get year. next year. We got to have this in MetLife. I think it's going to be uh, Chiefs-Cowboys. You know, even though even though the Chiefs did lose last week, but the offense was just, it's just overpowered. Yeah. You can never count out Mahomes and Kelsey. Never. It's just never. Mm. It's two best seconds. Yeah, two best. Plenty of time for those guys. Yeah. And the Cowboys, I think that they they beat the Eagles. I'm not. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not huge on the Eagles. I don't blame you. I. I that's what. Well, you. We already know half of Cole's answer now because. <laughs> yeah. So so there are two Cowboys Super Bowl predictions in the year. But I agree. I mean, I I think even though I picked the Eagles, I I think they are shaky. Yeah. They're a bit shaky. Like before Cole speaks, we already know who's going to say, like Jaden, what you just said, like the Eagles, yeah, like they haven't wowed me. Like, yeah, I guess you could say that they've played a weaker schedule. They haven't played the best teams. Like, and Cole, I know he's about to go crazy about the Dallas Cowboys. That They have a top-tier defense. Michael Parsons is a beast. And they're only the Dallas' only problem is their lack of discipline. They have like 20 penalties a game. Yeah. yeah. And Chiefs and Cowboys. And let's I'm give gonna, it to Cole. I'm going to have to agree with Cowboys. Cowboys is looking absolutely insane this year. Yeah. But I will have to agree. Like, we have choked the playoff game in the past. <laughs> Last year, 49ers. Oh, my God. I can't. I'm concerned I, about Mike McCarthy. To be honest, he's I, a liability as a head coach in regards to clock management, yeah, play agree. calling. I just don't think that he's he's the coach. I mean – you fill in another guy. I mean, even Jason Garrett, I think, gives you a, a better bet. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I just I mean, think he's an awful We do player. have that team this year. CeeDee Lamb, he's looking like that wide receiver one right now. Yeah. He's looking. He's getting – He's you know, he's, he's starting to roll like that. He's getting, he's getting better every game. Tony Pollard, he's getting more touches than Zeke yeah. now. Zeke, I mean, but they know they're like – they're playing as a team. Zeke wants, yeah. Zeke just yeah. wants to win, so he's fine with that. So I'm, I'm going to – I know I'm going to regret telling you this but i'm just telling you because you guys are great i'm from dc right there are a lot of cowboys fans in dc i don't don't even know i don't even know how you can live in dc and cheer for the cowboys well the joke is that dc stands for dallas cowboys so so they take over fedex field when they come to town they take over they they go over everywhere they truly are america's team it's like tiger woods you either love them or you hate them they're not really no one between there america's team is the team that wins the super bowl (laughs) (laughs) you haven't won a super bowl since the 90s what do you think like what do you think's getting them because he just had that visit with Dallas. I don't know if, the, if Jerry Jones didn't sound too Yeah, he didn't sound Which, too I don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, then if Jerry didn't sound I don't know if that leads other teams to believe he might not be ready for a playoff push. Yeah. But um, I think Jerry's all talk. I think it's still going to be Dallas. Yeah, I, think I, I was Dallas. having that same feeling too. Yeah, yeah some connection with those players. Um, but 
it's time for us to get to class. I'm sorry. I wish we could do this all no. day long. You are, you are the greatest. And uh, as we asked earlier in the podcast, we had said, if you could have anybody on your podcast, who would it be? Well, this is our podcast. And if there was anybody to sit here today, a special guest, you, you were the quaint example of what we needed. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for thank coming. You for coming. You thank were, you. You were absolutely awesome. So thank you. Thank a you. pleasure. Of course. Uh, thank you for listening to Hawk Talk. Uh, stay posted for our next episode.